Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have taken a short break from our Bible series in Genesis for this 14-part series on New Testament given. We will return back to our Bible series in Genesis after this current series. Thank you. What we are doing since the last episode is to look at five major passages in the in the scripture under the Mosaic law. Five major passages that are related to tithing under Mosaic. Obviously, there are more than five passages, but these are five major passages. Remember, we are talking about under the law. We are not talking about during the time of the patriarchs. We are talking about under the law. So we are looking at five major ones. So Leviticus chapter 27, which we have already dealt with. We've already dealt with Leviticus chapter 27. Now the second one is Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. And that is actually where we stop. And that is where we are going to pick up from there. Then the last three are really from Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. So we have Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 6 to 19. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 to 29. And then we have Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 12 to 15. So these are the major scripture passages that deals with tithing under Mosaic Law. So, and as we read through this, we are looking, is helping us to look at two things. Number one, we have seen the reason, the purpose for tithing under Mosaic Law, the principle of tithing under Mosaic Law. And also we are looking at the how under Mosaic Law. So now we are on the second passage. So we are going to read a few verses from our second passage. That is from Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. We are not going to read everything. These are the few verses we read the last episode. I'm going to quickly have to read through them again because we still have some matters we need to deal, deal with. So Numbers chapter 18 from New Living Translation, verse 21, as for the tribe of Levi, your relative, I will compensate them for their service in the tabernacle. Instead of them, instead of an allotment of land, I will give them the tithes from the entire land of Israel, verse 24. Because I have given them the Israelites' tithe, which have been presented as sacred offering to the Lord, this will be the Levites' share. That is why I said they will receive no allotment of land among the Israelites. Okay, verse 28, you must present one-tenth of the tithe received from the Israelites as a sacred offering to the Lord. This is the Lord's sacred portion, and you must present it to Aaron the priest. Okay, so let's jump down to verses 31 to 32. You Levites and your families may eat this food anywhere you wish, for it is your compensation for serving the tabernacle. in the tabernacle. You will not be considered guilty for accepting the lost tithe if you give the best portion to the priests. But be careful not to treat the holy gift of the people of Israel as though they were common. If you do, you will die. And we, we have mentioned quite a number of things with respect to this passages that we read and we are not going to go through all that again if you need to please go back and refresh your memory but as a bit of a summary we see here that these passages tell us the primary reason and use of tithe this is always the reason this is the enduring principle the primary reason is to support the ministers and the ministry of the tabernacle or to support the minister and the ministry of the tent or to support the ministers and the ministry of the temple is to support the kingdom, the work of God's kingdom under the Old Testament. And that is the reason, that is the primary reason. And we are going to see that there are two other reasons. Remember we said there are three reasons. But this is the primary reason why God established this economic system 
under the Old Testament. Now, I want us to see some parallel between the Old Testament scripture that we read here. That's Numbers chapter 18 and the New Testament. So I want us to see two parallel. The first parallel is the parallel between the Old Testament Levites and the New Testament ministers of the gospel. And the second parallel is the parallel between the Old Testament high priest and our Lord Christ Jesus. So let's look at both of them and we'll see how the Lord will help us. So first of all, the parallel between Old Testament Levites and New Testament minister of the gospel. Let us read from the New Testament. So we are going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 13 to 14. Do you not know that they which ministered about holy things live for of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altars are partakers with the altars? Even so has the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live by the gospel. I want you to see that here is using the same word we read when we read that numbers. He said holy things. Holy things. Now let's read First Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture said, Thou shalt not muzzle the horse that treaded out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. So straight away we can see this parallel. We can see the parallel between the Old Testament Levite and the New Testament minister. So Paul is reminding the church that the Old Testament economy that we saw in the Old Testament, that economy, in that Old Testament economy, the Levite who worked in the temple, they lived up the tithe of, they lived off the tithe and the offering that were brought into the temple. Therefore, in the New Testament, those people who spend their lives ministering the word of God should be supported by other Christians through a system of funding, through an economic system that God has also set up in the New Testament. So I want you to understand that there is an economic system that is set up in the New Testament, just like in the Old Testament, to fulfill the same purpose. And that is what I want us to see here, that the pattern is still there. Okay, you remember when we talk about the enduring character of tithe. Now, the the detail of the outworking may differ or that different dispensation, but the principle and the pattern is still the same. And what Paul is saying here is that just like in the Old Testament pattern, even so in the New Testament, other believers, you and I, we are to financially support those that are in full-time ministry of the kingdom of God. Of course, where we read, Paul did not specify any precise percentage. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that in future teaching. But at least we can see the pattern enduring into the New Testament. Now, let us look at the parallel between the Old Testament high priest and our Lord Christ Jesus. So we are going to read from the book of Hebrews. We are going to read Hebrews chapter 7, and we are going to read from verses 4 to 10. Now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tent of the spoil. Obviously, we are called, talking about Melchizedek. We have touched on this in the past. Verse 5. And verily they that have the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a command to take tithe of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the same loins of Abraham, but he who descend, whose descent is not come from them received tithe of Abraham, and bless him that had the promises. Verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed by the better. Verse 8 is very important. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he received them, of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as 
I may so say Levi also who received tithe paid tithe in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, there are quite a number of issues that we, will, we could raise up here, but here we are seeing the parallel. Here we are seeing the pattern. What we are seeing here again is Paul applying the principles of tithing, this time using the patriarch Abraham and his encounter with Melchizedek the priest of the Most High. Now, the Bible definitely tells us in the scripture that our Lord Christ Jesus is our high priest. Our Lord Christ Jesus is our high priest. What we need to understand that Melchizedek is actually an Old Testament manifestation, what people call Christophany. He is an Old Testament manifestation of our Lord Christ Jesus. So the priesthood of Melchizedek foreshadowed the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20 says, Whither the forerunner is for us enter, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So you can see that the New Testament definitely tells us that the priesthood of Melchizedek was a shadow. It foreshadowed the high priestly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can read that in all sorts of couple of places in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 7, and it talks about the same thing. Now, also, apart from the, you know, the priesthood of Melchizedek, the, the Bible also tells us that the Old Testament ironic high priesthood is a foreshadow of the high priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see that in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. He says, Seeing then that we have a high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Then he talk about the, the high priest under the Old Testament in verse 15. He said, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Then he went on and on and on. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying here is number one, to see the parallel between the priesthood of Melchizedek and the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ on one hand and the parallel between the high priesthood ministry of Aaron and that of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we can see where this then connect with tithe because that Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 says that here men that die receive tithe, but there he received them of whom, of whom it witnessed that he lives. You can see here, and, and this is really, really, really very, very important. He's saying here that actually here, and here he's talking about the Levitical priesthood when you follow the content of what he's saying, if you read it in context. So he said here, men that die receive tithe. Here in the sense of the Levitical priesthood on one hand, and also actually in another hand here, men that died, even the high priesthood of Aaron. But he said there, and there is also talking about two things. He's talking about the priesthood of Melchizedek, and he's talking about the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there, he that received them of, he, and there he received them of him, it is witness that he liveth. Here he's talking about the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, both the priesthood of Melchizedek and the fulfillment of that priesthood under the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can make this application to ourselves that here in the natural, just like we compare the Old Testament to the New Testament, we can also apply to ourselves that here in the natural, we have mortal ministers of the kingdom who receive our given, 
But in reality, there in the internal unseen realm, our Lord Christ Jesus received our giving because ultimately the giving, the tithing, the offering that we give into the church or into the kingdom of God, ultimately we are given it to the high priest of the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Again, this is the reason why if anyone mismanages or misappropriates this financing of the kingdom, they will be answerable to God himself because the money belongs to God and it must be administered according to his will and according to his purpose. The money that the people of God give, the money they give to God is holy to him. I remember we start, we keep coming across that, that word, holy, holy. The finances, the funding that people give into the house of God, the sacrificial given that they bring to the house of God, it is holy to him. Okay, as we read in that Numbers chapter 18, verse 28, the Levites were warned. We've read it earlier today. They were warned. They said, be careful not to treat the holy gift of the people of Israel as though they were common. And the same thing applied to us in the New Testament, that we must be careful that we don't treat the given of the people of God as if they are common and misappropriate them and misuse them. The Bible says, if we do, <laughs> the Bible says that God will react. In fact, in that number, chapter 18, he said, if they do it, he said, they will die. And remember what we said. This is why if anybody is misappropriating the fund, God will deal with them. God will deal with them. We must not use that to, you know, to dis dismantle this system that God has put in place. God said, vengeance belongs to me and I will repay. Now, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> we've, we've now looked at the first and the second of these five major passages we are looking into that is related to tithing under Mosaic law. And you remember the reason why we are doing this. We are doing this, number one, so that we can see the reason. And we're beginning to see the reason, the purpose for which God established this in the first place. And number two, so that we can also see the pattern, the structure under the Mosaic law. So we are going to go on to the third of those passages now, and that will be in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Remember the last three of these five will actually be found in the book of Deuteronomy. And what you will be, all you will see in this last three is that they will be building upon each other. They actually flow nicely into each other. But let's look at the first one, which will be the third of our five passages. And we are going to read that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 12, and it's going to be from verses 6 to 19. Obviously, I'm not going to read all of them. But let me give you, let me give us a little bit of a background, if I can put it that way. When, when we read these passages, you will see that it's not just talking about tithe. It's actually describing all sorts of offerings and gifts that Israelites would bring to the sanctuary. And obviously, in the middle of speaking about all this, he also mentioned about tithe. So Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 5 to 7. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribe to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall you seek, and thither shall thou come. So talking about the temple, the tabernacle. Now verse 6 is important. And thither shall you bring your burnt offering, your sacrifices, your tithes, and heave offering, and if offering of your hand and your vows and your free will offering and the fostering of your herds and all and of your flock. So you can see that this is talking about quite a number of offerings and sacrifices, but included in that is the tithe, verse 7. And there you shall 
it. Now, this is introducing another layer here. And he said, there, you brought all these things into the temple where God has put his name. And he said, there, you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto, you and your household, wherein the Lord thy God has blessed thee. Now, let's jump down to verse 17 to 19. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, of thy oil, or the firstling of thy herds, or the, thy flocks, nor of any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor thy free will offering, or the eve offering of thy hand, the whole lot again, including tithe, verse 18. But, very, very important to what we are doing today, but thou must eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy maidservant, and thy manservant and the maidservants and the Levite that is within thy gate. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. Wow, wow. Take heed, take heed to thyself that you don't forget the Levite. But, but let's move on. What you will see here is a new layer that is added to the structure of Titan that we have seen so far in Leviticus 27 and Numbers 18. So as we move into Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy that we read here in verse 12, we see a new layer that is being added to the structure. Now, here, <laughs> this is quite in, in interesting. The activity involves the whole family. It involves the whole family, like we are saying, like we read there towards the end. It said, you go there, you, your son's daughter, man servant, maid servant, and all those. So this activity that we are looking at here involves the whole family, number one. Number two, they brought all this offering. They brought all this tithe. He said they must not do it within their gate. They must come to the temple. Number three, which is quite important, he said there, he said there they will all together with the Levite, they will have a happy time eating, <laughs> eating the offering and the tithe. Yes, yes, you had me right. The whole congregation with their pastor, with their minister, with the Levite, they will eat the offerings and the tithe. Now you are, you are noticing as we go through these five passages that we are on one hand, we are, looking, we are seeing the why, and on the second hand, we are seeing the how. Now, let's move on to the fourth of our five passages, and that is still in the book of Deuteronomy, and this time it will be Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 to 29. Again, we are not going to read all the verses. We're just going to take a couple of verses. Now, what I need to say before we read it is that actually, again, remember what I said, that all this scripture in the book of Deuteronomy, they, they, they go into each other. They actually build upon each other. So when you read this portion in Deuteronomy chapter 14, you will see that it actually covered exactly the same ground that we just covered in Deuteronomy chapter 12, but it builds on it and expands some aspect of it. Is that okay? So when you read verse 23 of this Deuteronomy chapter 14, it first of all gives us another reason for Titan, okay? So that's the first thing you will notice. He said here, he said, thou shalt truly tithe. That is verse 22. But then verse 23, he said that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God. So verse 22 definitely tells us here that he's talking about tithing. But that's verse 22. But verse 23 now say one of the reasons to do that, one of the reasons, one of the why is that he said when we give this way, it helps us to learn to fear the Lord, our God always tithing 
helps us to learn to fear the Lord, our God, always. The process of giving, the process of following the principle of tithing actually helps us to learn to fear the Lord, our God, always. In other words, if I'm not doing this, it actually brings into question whether I actually have the fear of God. Now, obviously, we have other teaching about the fear of God. There's some misunderstanding about what the fear of the Lord is and things like that, but I can't go into that. We have a series on fear of the Lord, please, both on YouTube and on podcast. You can go and listen to it. But it suffice to say here that one of the purpose, one of the reason for tithing is it actually helps us to learn the fear of the Lord, both in giving it and also in seeing how the Lord responds to our commitment to his kingdom. Like the Bible says, seek you for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So, so that is the first thing I want us to see in this fourth passage, fourth passage out of our five in Deuteronomy chapter 14. But now let us read verses 24 to 26. And if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there. When the Lord thy God has blessed thee, verse 25. Obviously, like I said, when you read the previous verses, you know he's talking about tithe. He said, verse 25, Then shalt thou turn it into money, and bind up the money in thy hand, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, and thou, sh- and thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusted after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth, and thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. So it's building upon that structure, the whole structure of you taking the tithe and your offering, taking it to the house of God with your family and with the priest eating it. So that is the background that is also building upon, but it introduces some other new layer. And some of these are really, really quite surprising. Okay. So what we see here that in contrast to what we read back in Leviticus chapter 27, here in this Deuteronomy chapter 14, here in contrast to what we read previously in the book of Leviticus, here in Deuteronomy chapter 14, God allowed the people to cash in their tithe if the way was too far for them to, to carry them all the way to Jerusalem. If the way was too far, you know, all this blessing, the, the tithe of it, if it was just too much for them to carry, they, might, they have to travel. Remember in those days, there was no helicopter or plane <laughs> or car. They have to walk. They have to ride on animals and things like that. And God said, look, if it's too far, convert it to money. Now, unlike what we read in Leviticus chapter 27, there's no mention here about you having to put a percentage on it. Remember that. There's, there's no talk about that here. Okay? There, we can't see any penalty of you doing that in this portion. Then number two, there's no restriction. In Leviticus, he allows you to be able to convert the fruits and the grains, but you are not allowed to convert the animal to money. But here, in this particular structure, in this particular addition that we are seeing here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 14, Actually, number one, there is no mention of any penalty for you converting this tithe to money. Number two, there is no restriction in this particular one that we are reading here. Are you following this? 
And then even more surprising, <laughs> the scripture that we read here tells us that when they eventually get to Jerusalem, they can spend that money to their heart's content. They can spend that money on whatever they wish, but whatever they're spending on, they are going to eat it. They are going to use it to eat and they are going to use it to celebrate before the Lord their God. In other words, there was a lot of liberty within a certain parameter, obviously. We are going to stop here today, but there's a portion of this Deuteronomy chapter 14. Remember, this is the fourth of our five passages. There's still a portion there, verses 28 to 29, that introduce even yet another layer. That is going to wait until the next episode by the grace of God. And if you are listening to me tonight, I want you to know that God loves you. And therefore, he came to help us because, you know, we can't help ourselves. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But he came to help us, give us a way out. That is why the Lord Jesus came to die, so that we can have a way of escape. But the ball is in our court. You have to decide to accept that sacrifice. Know that you are a sinner, you cannot help yourself. Bow down your head, ask God to save you. The Lord Jesus Christ will save you. The Holy Spirit will come. Take that heart that is dead out of you and give you a new heart. You will become a son and a daughter of God. You will become a member of his family, a citizen of his kingdom, and he will work with you the rest of your life here. Obviously, you will need to join, then need to join a vibrant living church as you grow in your knowledge of him. And when this is all over, you'll be able to spend eternity with God in the new heaven and the new earth. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.